You're listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast Nordics, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Sam Williamson. I help connect businesses with their tech talent. Today, I'm your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. I'm joined here today by Adrian, Soren and Pierre to discuss the topic of the journey from manager to manager of managers. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Soren, I'll start with you. Well, um, <clears throat> hello, and my name's uh, Soren. I'm a director of operations at Shape, as you mentioned. Um, Shape is a, a mobile app development company based in Copenhagen. And um, yeah, so uh, my role here is I'm, I'm running operations, which consists mainly of software developers. So we're around 75 software developers and we have a small talent acquisition team that I'm running as well um, and QA. So those those are the teams that I'm managing and uh, I'm looking forward to this discussion today. Yeah, and thank you very much for being here today, mate. Now over to Pierre. Yeah, hi, uh, I'm Pierre. So I'm the VP of engineering at Airtain. Uh, where we build a platform for productivity and collaboration uh, in professional professional environments. What it means in general uh, is we have developed a hardware that we can plug on a screen uh, and we can just seamlessly share uh, your screen, but you can also cast a call onto the big TV. Um, and we have a cloud platform as well that we can use to manage uh, the devices remotely and just load content. Um, on my day-to-day, uh, I'm working with like I'm leading the engineering team, uh, and um, I'm also working as the rest of the leadership team for strategy uh, and looking at the future, like uh, two years time, what where do we want to be, and trying to uh, set the team on that path. Perfect. Thank you very much, Pierre. And last, but by definitely not least, Adrian. So I am working at SumUp. I'm located here in Copenhagen in Denmark. SumUp has multiple locations and also has uh, multiple products. The area where I am the most involved is invoices. is one of the products that SumUp offers. It's not the main one. So it's also sometimes the journey is like finding how to contribute to the main revenue streams and to the main products of the company, guiding um, guiding the people that work with me uh, to towards impact. We are tribalized at SumUp, so I'm the director of engineering of the invoices tribe. And in the invoices tribe, we have four, um, three uh, engineering teams plus a QA team. And I am the, let's say, the manager of the engineering managers of each one of, it, of these teams. As engineering, SumUp is quite engineering driven. So we, engineering participates actively, as you were also saying, Pierre, on the strategy, definition of the roadmaps and where we want to be, what is possible, even, you know, helping product on that direction. So that's, uh, that's one of the main responsibilities. And the other one is, well, helping the managers create healthy, healthy teams themselves and, and a scale, you know, scale the culture and make sure that the context of the whole organization resonates with each team. Fantastic. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you all for being here. And, and now we've established a context around each of you. Let's move on to the topic in focus. You all have a question or a statement around the topic today. Um, and as usual, work away around the room and, and get your insights on those questions. Zahid's question was first, uh, as, as of course, um, I've already mentioned he's, he's not able to be with us today. He's unfortunately caught a fever, um, but he's got two questions that hopefully don't need too much context, so we will probably kick it straight off. So he wants to know, how do you stay in touch with people reporting to your manager uh, and how do you delegate goals without doing micromanagement? Adriana, I'm going to come to you first on this one um, to give us your thoughts. So I think something 
that this so I do find it tricky. I do find it, you know, it's not the most um, easy for me because I would naturally get very involved with the team and, you know, be very visible and be very active. But by doing so, I might also be deauthorizing the managers that are working with me. So that's something that I really need to look um, and to be careful with, to not to be present, to be reachable, to be accessible and so on, but not deauthorize the managers that are managing their team. What I try to do is to have, let's say, it sounds like a cliche, but an open door policy that anyone can really reach out to me and if, let's say that they have a conflict or a disagreement with their manager, that they can still go to me and I can intermediate, I can be neutral. I try to also have like very open doors um, policy also to meetings. Let's say that we are having a tribe-wide uh, meeting or with the engineering leads where we are not uh, going to discuss people matters, but technological, anyone can join. So just check my calendar, join. Don't even wait for an invite. That's something I try to encourage so people don't feel left out. I also try to share context in written form. Uh, so not only by uh, communicating with them verbally and having the one-on-ones because that wouldn't necessarily scale. So I try to also share the context that I might be sharing with the managers also directly with people so they can also engage in the same way. And then leading by context in a way of what I see that is mainly my objective as manager of managers is to take the context of the bigger parts of the organization, what is going on, you know, in the fintech world, in the in the world itself, uh, the rest of the company, bring it to the managers so they can also adapt it, let's say localize it to their own team in a way that it makes sense. What for me is important later is to make sure that the managers that are working with me, that they also follow up and they share that. So I might do that again with the regular informal touch points that I have with the with the rest of the team or by encouraging people to, if something doesn't make sense, when well, we are doing OKR planning or things like that, that they reach out. So I can spot the areas where the communication link to put that communication uh, is broken. So I can go and reinforce that without the authorizing the manager, which is what for me is the most, the balance I try to strike. Perfect. Thank you, Adrian. And Pierre, I believe we're coming over to yourself. Yeah. Um, just for the first part of the of the question, so how do we stay uh, in touch with people that are reporting to your manager? Um, I that's something that I have in top of mind basically daily. Uh, most of my team is actually across Europe. On top of that, so not in the office in Copenhagen. So uh, to stay in touch with them uh, is a challenge uh, because uh, I will talk daily or at least every uh, couple of days with my uh, managers, but I am not also interacting with their reports. Uh, so uh, I do a few things that Adrian just mentioned, for example, like the open door policy uh, into meetings, for example. So the calendar is uh, public, the meeting links are public, so everyone can join, everyone that want to join, join. Um, we have also um, this policy of um, if, like, we have, we use Slack for communications. So we also try to do as much as we can on Slack so people can actually see what's happening and can contribute to uh, the different topics. Um, talking about Slack, uh, I am actually trying to regularly just go to someone and just say like, hey, how is it going? Uh, just trying to un- engage into a chit chat. Like it's not about talking about uh, what are you doing or things like that, but more like how is life? Uh, that really helps. And what I found actually working is now they do it back Sometimes they reach out to me just, how is it going? Uh, long time in the dark. Uh, so it really helps uh, staying in touch. Um, I also try to have this 
ad hoc uh, coffee as well. So setting a small meeting, which is a one-on-one kind of, but we always start with like a, a coffee or tea in hands and just discussing life. Uh, of course, in those meetings, if they are set in the calendar, we also go discuss a bit of progress. How is it going? Is there anything that they can help with? Uh, how is it going with your manager as well? Uh, things like that, just to see. Um, and um, I, I think it really, it really helps because it's also a nice way for us, for me to, uh, to to share some context on the company. We cannot communicate everything, so it's nice sometimes to have a one-on-one and just give a bit more context and answer more specific questions. Um, which I also do is sometimes I just drop into a stand-up meeting as well. Uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm here. I have usually a news to share, but it's also a nice way to interact with the people that are not reporting directly to me. Um, and finally, as a company also, we have regular uh, quarterly events. So we bring the company, the teams here, and I try to make a point to spend as much time as I can with people that are not directly, uh, that I don't interact with as much as uh, as the others, basically. Um, for delegating the goal without micromanaging, uh, so I'm struggling with that still, I think. <laughs> I would be honest. Um, but what I found so far, uh, the first step is I'm really trying to stay very high level. Uh, so uh, since we are working on the strategy, I'm trying to stay hang on to the strategy and not try to go in solution. Um, and when we talk about goals, I'm usually trying to involve the different managers that will be actually working on those specific areas so they can help me uh, and we can do together like develop those smart goals. Uh, usually we try to use that uh, because if, they, if it is specific uh, and measurable, for example, it's much easier to be confident that that person and their team will be able to actually uh, do an excellent job without having to micromanage. It's kind of build trust. Uh, and the final part is also talking about open door. It's also honesty. I'm trying to get uh, the manager to be honest with me uh, in the sense that if they are delayed, uh, if they are missing deadlines, if they cannot do something uh, some, or if something isn't going well, if they come to me and tell me that, I would be able to uh, react on it and also make sure that I update, update the rest of the company, marketing, etc. So we we are all at one. And by that, I'm also feeling less uh, obliged to go and micromanage. Uh, so that's what I'm trying to do. But very honestly, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Love the honesty. Thanks, Pierre. Soren, have you got anything to add to Adrian and Pierre's great points? Yeah. <clears throat> um, micromanagement is, uh, is, uh, is, is not something I, I, I'm naturally the opposite of a micromanager so it's uh, it's this is one of the most easy things for me to not do i think i struggled with uh, the opposite challenge which is people who need uh, really clear guidance on very specific details of how to do something that's i think that's where i, str- I struggle more with that because I, I'll, I'll tend to just say well just uh, just do it and uh, and figure it out so and but i think i not to toot my own horn, but I think this is the right approach. I don't think a lot of people thrive really well under micromanagement. I think a lot of people live up to the freedom and the responsibilities that you give them. And that just requires you to have a little bit of uh, ice in your stomach and like take a deep breath and say, these these guys will do just fine if I just give them these overall objectives. I think especially when we're talking about managing managers, I really try to be very high level on the goals that I set for the managers. And 
So one of the reasons is that I believe managing people is a lot about, it's less about tools and more about you as a human. And I think to be a good manager, you need to be authentic to who you are as a person and bring that into your management style. So it's not about me telling you how to be a manager is me telling you here are the overall objectives i want you to have a happy team that's delivering high quality products for example and then we can talk along the way we can figure out what obstacles you're facing but it's mostly for me it's about figuring out what's the edge that the manager that i'm specifically talking to what's what's that manager's edge People have different strengths and weaknesses and it's really about figuring out where's this person uniquely skilled to become a good manager. And um, in my experience, there's a million different ways you can reach that objective. So that's, I think that's the, probably the main uh, argument against doing micromanagement is that you need to uh, have a million different ways of how to do things. So the first point, uh, how do you stay in touch with uh, everyone in the team? I think if I'm a little bit bold, then maybe that's not something you should be doing. Uh, I think it's not really feasible if you're uh, Tim Cook at Apple. I don't think it's feasible that you're in touch with uh, tens of thousands of employees. And so holding, holding on to that is not really a, an idea that scales well. I think you can probably only be a really good manager to... A, a small set of people, maybe like eight or 10 people. So I think when you're managing managers, you should focus on being a good manager. So those, those people provide them with the support that they need to be present with their team and make sure that they have everything that they need from you to do a good job with the team. And that's how you should really, that's where I think you should focus your energy on making your managers into good managers. And then of course, it, I think it's important also to set a good example for everyone and show that you're present and show that you are easy to talk to. And I, I do some of the same things that uh, you guys have been talking about. I'll, I'll poke a random person and say, hey, how, how are you doing today? And like, so I'll try to talk to people, but I'll, I'm, I'm not setting it as a goal for myself to make sure that I have a connection to every employee in, in the organization because I don't think that's feasible. So I, I try to focus my energy mostly on making sure that we have good managers who can make sure that we have happy and productive people in the company. Yeah, I think those are my two cents and those two jobs. Thank you, Soren. Adrian, Pierre, have you got anything to add to, to Soren's, I suppose, differing interviews out? No, I think good point, very good point with the scalability of the approach. I do think so. Like I, I do know that it doesn't scale to stay in touch with everyone. It's something that I still struggle with. You know, it's like I, I got into people management because I love being in, (laughs) but, but in the end, yes, you need to also understand that you are doing a better service to the company by helping create a very strong set of managers and and making sure that they find their own way, their own, it doesn't have to be your own way. They need to find their own style and supporting them in that journey to discover themselves and how they can create happy teams with their own tools. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, and I also agree, it's not scannable. Uh, it's already taking quite a bit of time. Uh, it's also, I found it becoming easier with time at all to keep in touch and to, to be easy. Uh, something that will take me maybe a few minutes before will take me much less time because it's much more. Uh, I, I think it's some kind of a muscle as well. I'm also coming very much from the technical side, so it's also training my... <laughs> Uh, social side of things um, but yeah I mean I agree 100% perfect thanks guys and Zahid if you're listening thank you very much for a great question my friend mm-hmm. all the best um, Adrian we're going to come to you next 
Um, your question is as double barreled as well, just like Zahid's. How do you handle situations where the manager has not performed well without them making lose authority in the team? But also, how do you encourage direct and candid feedback when you're not part of that team? So I'm going to come to you for a bit of context if you want to give some before we pass it to the rest of the floor. Yeah, this connects really with the, the struggle that I was mentioning, right? Something that I'm also finding the balance because when you're not part of the team, but you have observed, you know, from outside that something is not going as it should. I don't want to come and deauthorize the manager and meddle, you know, start meddling with uh, how things are going. But how how do you make sure that that gets corrected, but also not deauthorize the manager so they do find their way? Um, so I would like to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Fantastic. Pierre, we're coming to you first. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's quite a difficult question because it's also very difficult to not get into the the working of the teams if you want to help. Um, I, it's also very much dependent on the context, but I think for me, I'm using a, a few set of guidelines to help me uh, with these kind of problems, which actually happened before. Uh, but the first one is always to try to identify the problem. So if we believe that there is a problem or if we see that there is something not working, it's trying to identify it. Um, yeah, where did that manager failed in some way, uh, like usually like there is a feedback from a team member, it could be poor results in the team, missed deadlines, a lack of progress on OKRs, etc. But that's a very much the first step. Then uh, what I do, and that comes back to the honesty and I try to have this candid um, discussion is uh, I will discuss it with the manager. Uh, I'm trying to see from their point of view uh, what's, what did go wrong, if they see that something is going wrong as well. Uh, and trying to um, to see if we can approach uh, this in a constructive manner. Uh, and um, I will try to uh, take the item foot on the situation to collaborate uh, on developing this kind of action or plan of action. Uh, that's the first step. I would like them to actually see that there is a problem from themselves, but also to try to develop their own plan uh, and just basically be more like this bouncing wall so they throw stuff at you and you can basically discuss it. But... I think it's very important for them uh, to, uh, to 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 go through that. Um, the next point is also to show that I'm here to support, not to uh, to blame or not to 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 give them the hard lives. So if I can provide training, coaching, mentoring, all kind of stuff like that, uh, that's really something that I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to usually I see that like as a manager, I'm here to help my team and not the other way around, kind of. So if I can actually help, uh, they'll succeed. Uh, and the, they have to see that. So they have to also look for guidance uh, through me. Um, and the next point is a bit of, uh, it's actually after having a plan and having starting to, 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 to do the progress is recognizing the improvements as well. Uh, I think it's super important to, when we start to see progress, to actually uh, name it, to, to, to tell that person. It could be publicly as well. It could be also through incentives. But I think it's quite important, like, uh, it's a bit like in sport, you know, like you do a bad game last week, then you train so hard, and then the next one, like you do your personal best or something like that, you get this kick of energy and this motivation back. Uh, and I think it's also important to try to to do that. Uh, I, I see it a bit similarly uh, in the team. Uh, and finally, after all of that, it's also trying to still be a bit more listening to the team and see if, like, uh, this form of feedback actually didn't also uh, stop uh, the, the manager or like uh, affected negatively the authority of the manager, like just to see, uh, because it's very important to keep this dynamic or the team dynamics going. Uh, but yeah, I don't think there's one answer uh, to that. Um, talking about encouraging direct and candid feedback, uh, we talked about it a bit 
or earlier, but like really uh, having this open door policy. Uh, I also believe uh, of leading by example on this one. So first of all, uh, trying to give constructive feedback, but also when you receive feedback, to be very much accepting that feedback and trying to reply to it constructively and not defensively, which is something that I think humans are very good at. Uh, but uh, fighting that feeling and trying to be more constructive. Um, but there is also a culture, a cultural uh, aspect to it. Uh, I found out, so my team is all across Europe, and I found out that some people in Denmark, we are super good at giving feedback and receiving feedback. Everyone is equal, and we can actually very much candidly tell uh, things, but it's not the same for every culture. So even if you have a very much an open uh, culture uh, in a company, not everyone might be feeling comfortable to come to the manager or the manager of the manager to give honest feedback. So here, like, we have also some tools to help us do uh, anonymous survey to try to get an idea of how people are doing as well. Uh, but yeah, that's what we are trying to do. Perfect. Thank you, Pierre. Adrian, anything to add quickly before we pass over to Soren? No, I think they have really good points. It's something that, yeah, you need to you need to be there, but not too much. Also, as Soren was saying earlier, it's like, you know, being present, observing, and giving, giving clear guidelines and expectations so also people can grow by themselves. You, you cannot... If you're managing people, you cannot go back to the trenches all the time and do the work for them because then what's the point? Then you're just becoming a blocker again. Very true. Sorry, over to you. Yeah. So I guess, Adrian, what you're, you're getting at here is like, uh, it's the performance of the manager, not necessarily the performance of the team. Is that correct? Yes, uh, exactly. Really. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think Pierre has some really good points on that. I'm, I'm struggling a bit to say anything intelligent that has not really been said. Well, I'll, I'll give I'll give it a go anyway, but I think in terms of like addressing bad performance, uh, I guess a, a very common rule would be to not to to never provide uh, negative feedback in an open forum and always uh, keep that for a, pr- a private one-to-one conversation. Because I think part of your question was also how do you make sure that you don't uh, undermine the authority of the the manager, and I think that's a that's a crucial aspect to keep in mind, especially when dealing with managers that you should definitely not make the, t- the team lose faith in that manager by displaying some sort of behavior that will make them think that you don't think they're doing a good job. And so I think it's really important to out- to the outside world to to remain 100% loyal to your manager and back them up in all situations um, and then combine that with being uh, completely straightforward with any issues that you're seeing with um, performance. And those can be one-off things or they can be like structural things or things that you see on a continuous basis and obviously the correct answer is to address these things directly and immediately and all those things it's not always as easy as that i find i think it can be difficult to figure out when is the right time to bring this up is it will this fix itself or is this something that will spin out of control if i don't address it directly and i think that's that's difficult, and I th- and I think that's why you're also onto something with how do you have a culture of candid and and open feedback? Because I think you have to be in this loop where you are continuously giving feedback to each other, and you're continuously talking about things that are going well and not well, and that way you sort of you avoid being in that situation too much, at least where you are trying to gauge whether now's the right time or not. Uh, so at least that's. 
that's one thing that I try to I try to be in very fre- frequent uh, contact with all of my managers and talk to them a lot about what's going on, how the team is performing, and also if I'm like what I'm seeing with them. Uh, I'm I can't say that I'm I'm perfect at this. I, I'm, it's it's that's a thing that I'm I'm practicing as well to to have a a culture where feedback is just something that you do all the time. Because I think that's the best way to uh, to go about it, and especially when when bringing up negative feedback. I also think that I try to build up a lot of trust with everyone that I'm managing. I try to uh, make sure that they know that I f- I have their back, and I want I have all the best intentions for them to uh, do a good job. And I tr- really try to prove that every time I get a chance to and and build a relationship where we genuinely trust each other, which also makes it a bit easier to say, hey, that was not really okay, or that was not good enough, or whatever it might be. Um, I think having that close connection makes bringing up negative things easier because it's not like, if if you fully trust that you have, uh, you want the best for each other, uh, you're there to make each other do a good job, then, it, then bringing that feedback becomes easier. But, um, but I, I definitely think you're onto something with it. Like, that is a culture you need to have of open, candid feedback. And I think that's super important. I think it's, I don't have a magic key for it. I wish that I was better at it. I wish that I could move our culture a little bit more in that direction. It's something I'm working on at the moment. So it's a good question as well. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one. We don't get to in the manager path to, to because it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I but we're talking about the, like feedback in in, in uh, at the moment a lot in shape and not only like performance feedback but also like talking about the things that we're building the products that we're building providing feedback how do you say ah this this thing that you implemented over here maybe not the best thing I've ever seen like how do you and it's again that's a culture of trying yeah. and, and and doing it a lot I think when you're not doing it all the time then it becomes scary and awkward and like Yes, really offensive almost. But if you're just doing it all the time, then you can get away with saying anything. I think. I think a lot is about role modeling. I think you cannot go and be because we already discussed this. It doesn't scale. But in the end, how we humans learn a lot is by mimicking what others do, right? So mm-hmm. it's like this thing of do as I say, no as I do. It's not going to to go well. So if we want that feedback culture to flow, I think we need to be the ones that start you know, that thing. And it might be like giving feedback impromptu, like not solicited, but it's like, and for me, I think something that I think it helps a lot on demystifying the feedback, you know, on breaking that, oh, I'm scared because we kind of associate feedback. It's negative, you know, it's Mm -hmm. constructive, whatever, but we know it's negative. So I think a very good way to start to get comfortable is also to acknowledge things that are good and you just take for granted. It's like, it's great to work with you. This meeting that you ran was fantastic. You were so Mm -hmm. prepared. Because I feel that when you start to do that, you also uh, send the signal of, I see everything. I am, as you say, Soren, it's like, I am your corner. I am on your, I have your back. I am your team. I am rooting for you. I see the things that you're doing that are good, definitely. But I also see that the ones that are not so good because both of them are needed for a person to grow, right? You need to do more of what you do well because that makes you special. And if possible, the ones that you don't do so well, at least you are aware of them. Maybe you cannot even get better, but if nobody tells you, you know, that you have, uh, that you have food in your teeth, how are you going to, how are you going to move around? 
That's a great example. We have to be aware of the shit sandwich, right? You have to, I think, both yes. positive and negative feedback. We need to do it when it's situational. Exactly. Oh, you did a good job right now. High five. You did a bad job uh, right now. Thumbs down. It needs to be honest. It needs to it be needs honest. To be honest. And it, does, it needs to not always be sugar-coated with, ah, oh, you're doing this and this and yeah. this. Because you, I, so you know these people, right? You know they start to tell you, ah, son, you did a really good job on this thing and on this thing. And you're just sitting there. You're just waiting for the shit to come. <laughs> and uh, that's, a, that's a dangerous trap too. So I think it's better to just say this is not good. But I, I totally agree with like backing it up. You have to. You don't. You should not only point out the negative things. You should also point out the positive things. But both of them, you should do it in the situation as soon as possible. It's when it's most present. In mind. Exactly when it's relevant, not to yeah. force it. Because well, I'm going to give you bad feedback, so I'm going to also tell you something that you do well. Now, well, if you fucked up, you fucked up. That's it. Not sugarcoating. I love that, Adrian. Thank you for a fantastic question and thank you all three of you for fantastic answers. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here and Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Pierre, we're coming over to your question now, my friend, and you kind of put to the the team and everyone listening, how do you coach your manager to, to coach their team without kind of starting to give the solution yourself? Um, would you like to give us a bit of context for that one? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at least from my side, I come like from the technical side. So I was uh, a software developer, became a manager and then became a manager of manager. And uh, at least uh, from software developer to manager, uh, coaching was, I felt easier. I knew how to guide without giving a solution. Just kind of care, uh, but it feels a bit more difficult now to coach my coach, I would say. Um, first of all, because some of them and most of them, they have experience in coaching their own team, they have their own style. And so it's much more difficult. Just whatever I would say might not apply to their style uh, to start with. Uh, I might not know all the problems they are facing with their team or their team members. And I should not know, as Soren pointed out earlier. Um, and, um, I have also a tendency to actually, as an engineer, to go in solution uh, mindset relatively easily. Uh, so, I mean, essentially what I'm trying to do to say, like, it's how differently will you approach coaching a coach versus coaching an individual contributor and what are the differences, challenges, and how to deal with that, actually. Fantastic. Sorry, and I believe it's your turn to, to go first on this one. I can, I can really relate to this issue. Uh, and moving from moving from the world of code that either compiles or does not compile <clears throat> to the world of people who are just insane. Uh, that's, it's just a different domain and it's uh, much less binary. And uh, I read someone who said that once that great managers are those who are able to navigate in a world which is not black and white, but is always great. And <clears throat> I think that's, uh, and that's what you're also embracing with talking about coaching right it's not about i guess what defines coaching is you're not def you're not giving the answers you're like making the answers appear within 
uh, the person themselves. And I think it's it's just okay to embrace that and just to not feel like a failure because you don't know exactly what the solution is to any given issue um, because you also need to make your managers okay with being in those situations the, the world is gray and um, for me like I said before I don't have any tools I don't have any thing that makes me a genius at being a, a manager I think managing is about knowing yourself as a person and using that you have to embody a lot of empathy and you have to be curious about other people and and so in all of these situations where difficult things come up, for me, the answer is just always to talk about it. And it seems so simple, and it, but I really think it is. Like, I'll talk to my manager. There's an issue here. Okay, let's talk about it. And let's, let's see where it goes. And, um, and, and most of the time, the answer to, the, to their challenge is also that they need to talk about it. They need to talk to that person on the team who's experiencing an issue. And then we take it from there. So it's kind of like surfing in this gray area all the time where nothing is ever crystal clear, which just, and that's, so the only thing I think you can do in that is just to sort of nurture yourself as a human being. That, at least that's what I try to tell. I mean, it's like read some books or like become, why is it like challenge yourself a little bit, keep growing as a, as a human, don't focus on, because you're moving out of this world where you can read the answer to a world where it's just about navigating in people and you can learn a lot from book books or art or whatever like cult, culture and stuff like that and I think just um, I think I think you're your own best tool in those situations I don't know if I'm I'm veering off the topic here but that's uh, it's it's quite a notch topic anyway <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, I totally agree that it's a very much a grey area uh, and that's there's no right or wrong answer so I believe uh, so yeah. it's it's quite difficult. And even when the when even when the right answer is there, you really have to hold yourself back to not just provide it. Right? You need to. That that's also a journey for the manager to experience that, that within themselves. Otherwise, they'll just be relying on you all the time, and you'll de facto be managing the team, which is what you want to avoid. So avoid it. Even when you have the answer, I think you should try to hold it back as as long as you can yes yeah i mean i mean look, we all come from a like a technical background so i think something that like the metaphor that can also work is that sometimes we just need to be the rubber duck for our manager right like mm. to let them vent out a uh, kind of i mean to even to reassure them that well what we are saying that there is no right or wrong there is uh, there is no binary uh, with people it's it's a complex uh, problem uh, because uh, the same context is the the same solution provided to different people, the reaction is going to be completely different. So I think in a way, we also need to reassure with them that there is no right or wrong and they need to figure their own style and help them challenge them, explore like to like to, to read the intent of what we want to achieve and not do a specific ways because they might not work for them. So they need to figure out their way. Um, and I think it can help to share like how because we used to also be direct managers, so also share how we used to do that. But in a way that it's also not, you know, setting it in as an script, and that's what they're going to do for to encourage them to, hey, this is what worked for me. What do you think? How did it work for you? Hey, to also let them reflect like what we are doing with them, you know, to guide them and to to. to there's no right or wrong to also bring it, so they can also do the same thing with the the people that they manage, so they can also uh, 
have an honest relation where there is there is a lot of ambiguity on what we do and a lot of um, gray areas and so on. So also explore that. And I think it helps if we also encourage them to try to make some of the assumptions of everyone, their own, their team, etc., explicit. And it's like, what are others expecting from you? What we are expecting from them? What uh, Because we all hold a lot of expectations on our manager and it might be like that they are going to... Uh, ignite our career they're going to make us look well for the organization they are going to make us make more money and as managers in general we have a, we have influence but we have a limited influence so i think also helping them make that explicit so we are all rowing in the same place and we have a less adversarial you know it's a manager against manager and we are all fighting for the same thing if we align our objectives with the success of, our, of the common company that we are doing and etc we all win so bringing that kind of a, it's not a zero-sum game, you know, we can, everyone can win because by their team performing well, the, 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 the manager in my team is going to look well, it's going to make me look well, it's going to contribute to the company's success, we all win, so bringing a little bit of that, let's be open, as we were also connecting in the previous point, let's be open on feedback, let's be really aware of our blind spots and how we can do better and explore your best ways because I think already acknowledging that there is no right or wrong, that already takes a lot of pressure of people that maybe get into management because yes, you are going to make mistakes, you are going to make lots, but you need to be honest, be genuine with the people that you're managing and find the, the way to to navigate. Yeah. There's also some nuance to that, right? Well, because now you're saying, oh, you shouldn't provide all the solutions. Sometimes it also depends how experienced the manager you're talking with Yes, it is, right. So if you're like really early on that development curve, maybe you should be providing uh, some of the solutions at least. Absolutely. Gradual growth towards increased autonomy from the manager where it require you have to adjust your style all the time. And as the person is growing and there's, there's a lot of nuances to it, I think. That's very true. Uh, I like actually the idea of the robot dog debugging uh, seems to be very much uh, appropriate for this. Uh, usually... I mean, I'm personally trying to ask a lot of questions, so trying to to understand first of all what that they did uh, to to solve their own issues. But it might also be that it will help uh, them to realize that maybe they didn't try everything yet, and like, oh, there's that question that come to my mind. I should maybe try uh, this. Um, I mean, that's that's how it works in debugging, right? We start to talk about our code, and we are like, then I know the solution now. So. It's kind of the same. Uh, I, I like the idea. Fantastic, guys. Well, that's the questions that we all have prepared. There have come, some come in from the, the newsletter that we send out for the Evolution Exchange podcast. Um, and there's two that I've highlighted that I'd love to go through. Um, the first one is around what are some of the effective strategies that you've used for developing the, the leadership skills that, of the managers that you're managing, right? Um I'll put that in the chat for you guys as well so you're able to see and, and have a ponder. But is there anybody that, that wants to jump in and then perhaps has an answer for, for that question? <laughs> I I don't know if I want to jump in, but I feel it's a bit actually similar to the one that I was just, uh, that we were just discussing about developing the skills of our managers. So uh, giving them more tools so they are better leaders, managers, uh, extra. Um, and I mean, maybe to, to, to also talk about some of the techniques that, uh, we are using, I mean, um, that I'm using, uh, as I said, trying to, 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 to discuss, uh, with the manager, like first of all the issues and again, asking a lot of questions so they can 
maybe realize themselves that actually what they tried it will not help them if they were in their own in the shoes of their of their um, members. Um, that's one of them. It's also being relatively transparent. And I mean, I'm trying to involve uh, my managers uh, in some of the leadership tasks as well that we have. Uh, such as like defining some of the strategy and things like that when it's a bit more narrowed down to their departments and that really helps uh, I I kind of believe into the learning uh, by trying so it's also if they get their feet a bit wet they might actually learn and absorb uh, and I mean hopefully we hire people that uh, absorb uh, um, and are able to learn so I think it's a nice way to, to do that uh, and of course, it's also about seeing if they want to also go more in leadership and also trying to actually coach them with that and trying to see how they can motivate the team and, and things like that. But coming back to the question about coaching the coach extra, it's very difficult to have just one specific answer to this. It's also very specific to uh, the person, the context, the team, uh, uh, what is also available in your company because um, uh, maybe in a small company, my email that have that not uh opportunities to develop those skills uh, at a certain time so it's also finding the right opportunity to actually go and jump in that's maybe what i think but uh, yeah thanks pierre something something i have also tried is uh so when we are in a more in a position of more responsibility there are going to be many assignments that come to us so it's also trying to find the right moment to delegate them you know and to involve others because well we need to do it but our job is to make others grow. So something that I try to find also are opportunities where I can involve someone that wants to also grow into leadership. So maybe they are not even a manager yet, but you know they want to explore that path and so on. So to also use opportunities for them to either lead that initiative or uh, it, it might even be informal leadership. You know, it might not even be a work thing. It might be organizing an office event, but it, it you still need to show some leadership, some self-drive and capability so finding opportunities to try and you know spot that those sparks on people that might be a very good fit for that path of uh, managing others but they might have not considered and giving them the chance to get, give a taste on that because when there are less stakes when you're already a manager and it's official and it's consumed and everything well now you need to perform there are expectations that come attached to it so the moment to make experiments is also when the person is not into a managing uh, into a managing position because then they can experiment they can fail you know if that event is also failing it was my responsibility i absorb it i take it you are you are uh, isolated and you are shielded i think that's a really good uh, approach as well it's a good way to sort of test the waters with with someone who's maybe curious about management but doesn't know that's something for them and Maybe also gives you a chance to be reassured ahead of promoting someone. I've, yeah, I'm not sure I have so many uh, effective strategies for things like this. Uh, for me, I'm, I try to set very clear but very broad goals, happy people, good products, uh, and then make it very clear that there are many ways to reach those objectives and I, that I want someone to find their own path towards success in those those clear but broad goals. And then coaching, as we talked about, talking to the people a lot about the challenges they're facing what they're doing right and wrong and so on i think that's that's what it's mainly about for me perfect well guys i think for today we've covered everything we need to do um so far so i think we'll leave it there this has been the evolution exchange podcast 
we really like to take the opportunity to thank Adrienne, Sorin and Pierre and in particular Sorin for, for being able to turn this around in a handful of, of hours notice. So thank you very much for that, mate. Um, you provided excellent insights, excellent questions. And well, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you'd like to get involved in one of the upcoming podcasts, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can find my profile attached or you can email me at sam.williamson at evolution-nordics.com. See you next time.